0: Authenticity, trust, empathy. If you're the face of a security crisis to the team, the clients, or the public, you're going to need them. Welcome to Day 3 of GSX, brought to you by ASIS International. This last of three special bonus episodes of Security Management Highlights is brought to you by the GSX Daily. You can read more coverage from GSX at asisonline.org forward slash GSX Daily 2023. I'm your host, Brendan Howard, and today our guest is Sylvia Long Tolbert, Ph.D., Founder and Research Consultant for No More Marketing, that's K-N-O-W, not N-O. She recently worked for IBM as a strategic value and customer education leader, and she's going to tell us that authenticity, trust, and other so-called soft skills are more important sometimes than the technical skills like, say, IBM computer people or security professionals, might think. But first, a quick message from this episode's sponsor, South Dakota Governor's Office of Economic Development. In an era marked by soaring costs and workforce gaps, South Dakota says it's the answer. Not only does the state have zero corporate income taxes and zero personal income taxes, it's also home to Dakota State University, One of only 10 universities in the country to hold all three academic certifications from the National Security Agency. Ready to secure your future? You can visit freedomworkshere.com or swing by the S-D-G-O-E-D booth in the Exhibit Hall. South Dakota, Freedom Works Here. Okay, back to Sylvia. First, I asked her if non-technical skills are something for the downtimes or they're things that should be practiced and thought about all the time for the crisis. And of course, she said both in those situations when you're the face of the crisis response. But the crisis may call for a different kind of listening you use than in the downtimes.
1: I think you have to instinctively and intentionally navigate um, engagement and interactions during a crisis and during a recovery situation. So part of it is about scripting and being prepared, but also the good relationship manager or trusted advisor is adaptive because they're a good listener. And in this instance, listening to respond is appropriate. Um, whereas in other cases, we encourage people around soft skills to listen to learn, but it depends on the severity of the um, cybersecurity or whatever breach it might be that you're trying to also respond in real time. So I think listening to uh, have an appropriate or relevant response versus a canned response or a generic response is equally important. And I like to call it being dynamically adaptive. Uh, Because the conversation will tell you what the appropriate um, mode of listening or goal of listening should be at this time. So I think the soft skills in um, a crisis or crisis recovery is more important than functional technical skills. Because in reality, the leader trying to reassure the troops is not in the weeds around technical details to resolve the problem. There's a team somewhere working feverishly on the solution. Your job is to be the face of recovery, restore some comfort in the system and or the brand. And that really is more around soft skills, uh, meeting your clients or your partners within an ecosystem where they are. What's going on right now and what are the implications for me and what is the impact of my system? So, yeah, I think that the soft skills should outweigh a functional or technical response um, um, in most cases.
0: So let me ask about that, because you can see this all the time when there are cybersecurity or security issues with a business or an organization or the government itself things get very defensive, and as you say, they get very focused on the technical details behind the scenes and then presenting, I think it looks like scripted responses, and I think what you're talking about sounds better, but I can feel this energy that comes from even high-level executives probably being coached about, we need to be careful about what we say. So in those instances, how do you balance between knowing the technical details and knowing what's going on behind the scenes and fighting and resisting that urge to, I just want to put up a canned response because it feels safer. And that's what the lawyers are telling me. And that's what my PR people are telling me. We just need to put up the canned response. And it's very hard to be authentic there.
1: I think the authenticity is we're working within complex systems on complex problems. It would be irresponsible of me to give you a quick answer because we're in the throes of a crisis. I have confidence in the team. So your job is to really connect the audiences to the team behind you. But you're the face of the crisis and you're the spokesperson. This is again about psychological comfort. I could give you a solution a minute it probably isn't the right answer because there's a temporal aspect to solving the problem. So I think the uh, I think another important component of the soft skills is determining what's essential for the public and or your partners to know right now. Because in most crises, technical crises, the situation is evolving as they unpack the nature of the problem. Uh, most cybersecurity breaches are, you can detect the source, You have to then assess the magnitude of the problem and that can't happen quickly for you to provide a definitive answer. Here's what happened. Here's what we're going to do to solve the problem. And here's when we expect that you'll be back online and things will be humming along again. So there are three answers you have to provide. And I think the astute leader is reading the situation because they've been here before enough to know we're at stage one and it's assessing what the source of the problem is so that we can start figuring out which solution to pursue because we have solutions most OT problems or breaches have a solution once you've identified the appropriate problem and so really the time delay and being more definitive is about do we have the right problem? And this is why these breaches occur because we have technical experts in the background uh, who are cleverly breaching systems. So um, I think the focus again under the most uh, extreme situations where there is external pressure and a lot of angst is to restore some assurance. We are credible. We are the brand that we've said we are, and we have some control over this situation. What I'm here to do is give you an update that we have it under control, and to reassure you that we'll be back online and we will resolve the system to its baseline. And And, and that's where the meeting people emotionally, what do people in a crisis want? And it could be a crisis in a, any service establishment. My stake is not you know it's too rare what do (laughs) what do people want you understand the challenge you're going to recover and reset in a way that meets my expectations and it's going to happen the first time out so there's some some universal parameters that you have to uh address and that's to shore people's confidence do we have does this company understand what the challenge is and how to move us forward. And I think that is the soft skill, is to reassure the troops that you understand the challenge, you have the competencies, the technical and social competencies to get get us back to where we want to be.
0: Can I ask about at the very beginning, I think you, you mentioned, hey, I, I get how those are different between the kind of learning by listening you might do when you have a lot of time versus a different kind of thing you're doing in this situation. Have you noticed it's difficult for leaders in charge of really emotionally charged situations to switch from whatever authentic face they're presenting with their team internally and then having to turn and face externally and maybe not using their empathy to, reset and say, okay, I'm with my team and we have these kinds of emotions and we're dealing with these issues. And now I need to think about how I'm presenting myself and who am I? And am I listening to, am I feeling the emotions of now if I go to the customer or the associations I'm working for, is that a hard switch for people?
1: It could be, but the intention of the engagement is to empathize. Practice makes perfect. Okay. You know, so there's this friction, contra- it's a paradox. I want to, peer, to appear authentic, but I'm authentic because I have practice who I am and how I align with my values and how I demonstrate that. That is the practice part of being authentic. You know, I just don't emerge beautiful because I think it. You know, I emerge <laughs> I emerge beautifully because I've made some mistakes in how I apply my makeup and things. So this being authentic is about really being grounded in a set of values that you think are universally address the needs of your partners or constituents. And you can never lose sight of that. So with practice, it always comes back. And so being empathetic in these situations is you switching hats you know and you say to the audience i've spent a lot of time in the trenches with the team now and i want to really turn to you and tell me what bothers you and it gives you a minute to to um, adjust your hat but you have to be able to walk on both sides of an empath- empathetic spectrum when dealing with multiple stakeholders but you get to that point by practicing your values and if your values are really centered around Deeply seated character traits, such as being um, uh, transparent up to the point that you can be, uh, to um, understanding. Um, being presented as a subject matter expert. You can never doubt your own expertise. And sometimes, you know, the first answer we like to give people is, ah, I don't know. People don't want to hear (laughs) that you don't know because now your job is to build their confidence in the subject matter expert you. And so these things are about practicing your authenticity. And then it becomes more nuanced. What does it mean to be authentic across different types of crises? And so we already know different types of crises have a different compositional profile. So what character traits or what value traits you present depends on the crisis. And so you have to be prepared to adapt in the moment that, um, you know, credit card users not being able to swipe has a different energy and requires a different value skill when you're talking to payers or payment system uh, clients. So, there is no one singular answer, but practicing and learning as you have different use cases will tell you, here is what character and empathy is going to feel like for this sector, for a different sector.
0: Can I ask you, as I think about this, obviously, you know, you mentioned you're going to come from your values. So you probably need to have done some exercises and thinking about what are your values? What are the values of the organization? And then as you said, what are the values we're trying to project authentically to this group? So how about practicing? I'm wondering if you have one or two things you tell people if they're starting out with this and they haven't done a lot of public speaking or they haven't been the face of an organization. Are there initial exercises you give people that are kind of the easy way to start practicing and failing without high stakes stuff. How do they practice authenticity when they're talking to people?
1: I think that's a very good question and it is about having appropriate drills. And I think you start with the brand vision and and values and see if they hold up and if they're, they map onto a crisis situation. Because you get to, you know, they're a derivative The values in a crisis and recovery state are a derivative of the brand values, but there should be a throughput from who this brand says it is, what values they stand on that is a distinction for who they are, their identity, and then what's the derivative of those values in a crisis situation. And I think the important point here is crises have their own nature. And so you have to say, given what my brand identity and promise and value propositions are, what then translates into uh, values on which we are distinct and which provides for a value driven experience They can't be in conflict. So it's a throughput, the recovery, then post-recovery, then resetting back to a baseline. Do the core values shine through? So that's what is a drill, and you have to do that over and over because as the business priorities uh, shift, people sometimes lose focus of, what are the relevant values we're trying to deliver on today and how do they surface or magnify themselves in a crisis situation in a crisis, all things go out the window, but there are some fundamental core values on which you cannot falter. The second uh, practice drill that I think is incredibly important is showing concern for others. You know, it can't be a me first agenda and it's clear that this is about, Saving the brand's reputation, protecting the bottom line, and having stakeholder um, priorities that are in conflict. You have to appeal to the concerns of the constituency that's in the room at that very moment. And, you know, that means it can't be a singular, you know, lens, but you have to balance it out that everyone's concerns. And I think universal concerns. I want to believe you're capable. I want to have confidence that I'm with the right partner in this crisis. And those are universal expectations and concerns that you could practice over and over. You have to get them right because probably what's more important in the context of some of these uh, crisis drills is what not to say.
0: (laughs) does that cause people, you know, uh, you have values, you're going to express those values, you need to listen, so you're taking in a lot of information. And at the same time, there's certain things that just be like, you also have to keep track of this. Don't say this. Don't do this list. Do people ever get, is that hard to keep all that running in the head when you're standing in front of the cameras or you're in the Zoom meeting with all the
1: people in the crisis? I think so. But this is, you've prepared a subset of leaders for this moment. Okay. So some people aren't appropriate because they can't play to the essential uh, values or strengths that are needed in the moment. And I love it when um, leaders show up and they have Bob and Sue in tow, one on each side. And they say, Sue, will you address this concern? Because the, the, the leader knows the answer, but the leader is maybe has an empathy deficit around yeah, we have empathic blind spots, so we're not one hundred percent perfect empathically. It's self awareness is what these drills provide. You know, in a, in a in a human in a human crisis or some sort of social crisis involving loss of life and people i'm just not the person you sent to the microphone i'm going to sob and cry and say let me get it together well <laughs> to some that may feel empathic but it's a blind spot yeah. that composure so around again we're not talking about technical expertise right now At the microphone what we're talking about is giving people a sense that we have this under control operationally. We have, um, we have goalposts and we have a vision of where we're going. And can you instill uh, trust and confidence under these circumstances? And it may be that we don't really know who Sue is, but Sue comes across as very credible very quickly.
0: So overall, you can't ignore the soft skills and Sylvia provides two pretty good directions to go. Number one, you're gonna need to know the values of the organization you are focusing on when you talk about any particular crisis. And as she said, those crises change. And two, you need to work on the empathy and the listening in all situations. And that is it for the latest episode of Security Management Highlights. Special thanks to our sponsor, the South Dakota Governor's Office of Economic Development, and thanks to our guest, Sylvia Long If you're interested in reading more about these topics, check out the links in the show notes. And if you got excited about something here, share this with your friends inside and outside of security management. The world needs to know how vital and awesome this field is. And leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We would appreciate it. You can find us at sm.asisonline.org. And hey, be safe out there.